0: 344 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we have as our guest somebody who's having a very big day today. That is Jolene Letcher. She announced this morning, officially, had the press conference and everything for the big mayoral bid for Sioux Falls mayor. That's uh, election is next April. Jolene, um, how are you? How do you feel?
1: I'm good. I feel good. It's, it's exciting. It's a relief. In yep. some ways to have it going and started, um, but knowing now the work really begins, mm-hmm.
0: right? Exactly. Announcing is easy.
1: It's it's super easy compared to, you know, it will be a lot of work, but I'm excited. I'm ready for it.
0: Yeah. So you know what the first question is from everybody, right?
1: Um, how tall am I?
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> That's not. Um, they're surprised. Everybody's surprised that When I tell them, and I started, you know, rumors were out there. Rumors are, yep. Maybe a week ago, because you got to, there are things you got to do to get ready for this. And it just leaks out. And Mm -hmm. then you had a a release. And when I tell people, the first thing they say is, really? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: They're just not expecting it. It's not not a, a hack on your candidacy at all. But are you ready for being mayor of Sioux Falls. You've never held any other elected office before.
1: I haven't held elected office before, but I really feel like I'm ready. I think, um, one, I know those stories. And, and you and I share that journalism background, right? Mm-hmm. Where you, you know the stories that really make a city thrive and grow. But more so, um, I've started two businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and that gives you a lot of experience in how do you get something going and keep momentum and and run something. And and two very successful businesses. But even beyond that, I think when we talk about are you ready? Do you know how to lead? Do you know how to govern? I will always point to the work that we've done with the Jolene's Law Task Force. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually, even before that, in 2012, we removed the statute of limitations on criminal rape cases. Mm -hmm. 2014, we established the Jolene's Law Task Force. And if you think about how government has been, these last six, seven years in Pierre, in D.C., there's a lot of dysfunction. And I'm really proud that we were able to show that government can work in those times. And I think those are lessons that I can bring back and make Sioux Falls even stronger.
0: So you said, as you mentioned, you were a journalist. And the way most people got to know you was as a reporter on yep. a local television station. It was, it was Kello. Right? It was Kello. Yeah, and it you, was. You worked at other places too. What was your journalism career? Give us the quick rundown of your journalism career. Yeah,
1: so I was the person that at 19 years old walked into KTIV, which was the Sioux City NBC station, walked in on day one of an internship and thought, oh, this will be my internship for the summer. On day two, a reporter quit and they handed me a camera and said, you're hired. <laughs> <laughs> so at ni- 19 years old, going, okay, I better not mess this up. Um, So then I was down in Sioux City and I worked there summers while I was finishing up my degree at Northwestern, just north of Chicago. And then during that, had an opportunity to come and intern at Kello. And that was really when I found where I was meant to be, Mm -hmm. that this was home, um, reaffirmed when I met my husband, Mm -hmm. who is a, a Sioux Falls native. And so then worked at Kello and then went back down for a very short stint down in Sioux City. And we just missed being here. Yeah. And this was home.
0: you were an anchor, right? Like, wasn't that what you went back to do? I, I went. But yeah. Yep. KTIV? Yeah.
1: KTIV. I went to anchor. Yeah.
0: I have that in my brain. Yep. As yeah. Right. Um, so then you left journalism. I did. And you got involved in uh, public policy. Mm-hmm. And a very uh, public and moving uh, moment when you came forward and told your story about being a child abuse survivor. Yeah. And and that Tell us, did that, at that moment, did that when you decided you wanted to be in government or affect government in some way?
1: No, no. It, at that point, I knew I wanted to affect change. And I knew I wanted to take this horrible, awful thing that had happened to me mm-hmm. and make sure it didn't happen to other kids and other people and other families and somehow make that um, be a positive experience as best I could. And so I knew that the best way to do that on a large scale was through public policy. And changing laws, and so that wasn't exactly the moment by any means that I went, "Oh, this is what I'm going to run for office." I wanted to be able to affect change, and I think then through that experience, it just reaffirmed because I got to work with really great people, Mm -hmm. um, Senator Mark Solholt, or uh, Senator Mark Johnston, and Senator Deb Solholt. That I saw examples of people that were, despite the noise, cutting through and getting Mm -hmm. change made, and that really said in, in my mind that this is possible.
0: When did you know that you wanted to pass Jolene's law?
1: That was probably back in 2013. Um, we had done the statute of limitations repeal in 2012 and I was like this is great we've made some change and then these other discussions started kind of rumbling about well what more can we do? What, what can we do as a state? Especially as I was able to share my story and that was bringing other people forward and really take some of that darkness away from the stigma that lives with child sexual abuse survivors. Mm -hmm. And that was when there was discussion of do we bring Aaron's Law, which people may be familiar with, it mandates a K-12 curriculum about child sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. Can we bring that into South Dakota? And as we started to talk about that, the reality was we needed to better understand the problem if we were really going to solve the issue. Right. And so then that was when Jolene's Law really started to circulate and say, first thing we're going to do is study it.
0: Yeah, because there's a task force associated mm-hmm. that it continues on beyond just passing of the law.
1: It does. So, so there was the Jolene's Law, which became a task force, and then the task force created a 10-year plan, um, and we're in the... F- just wrapping up the first 12 months of that plan, that 10-year plan to eradicate child sexual abuse, which is also being handled by the Center for the Prevention of Mal- Child Maltreatment. They're also working on it. But in the first 12 months, we've trained 7,000 mandatory reporters in South Dakota. Wow. We've created a database to centralize mental health resources, and we've developed pediatric rape kits to be distributed across the state.
0: Wow. So we're here with Jolene Letcher. She is a candidate. For as of today, for mayor of Sioux Falls, the elections in April. There are eight candidates total now. It's going to be fun. Uh, and without going into too deeply into those details, how then do you think that the your experience with Jolene's law, with uh, uh, the the statutory uh, limit, uh, on all these things, journalism, how, how does that manifest in? Policies for the city of Sioux Falls.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: What do you want to do with this background that you have?
1: Well, and I would also add to that for as far as experience goes, um, my husband and I started a couple businesses, Mm -hmm. and that also taught us a lot. And I think that those skills carry through. I mean, we've got a dog poop pickup, which I know people go, What? Um, We've done thousands of yards, and we're also part of the world's leading biotech pet company that does dog DNA testing. Mm -hmm. So we have a footprint in six states. So Cumulatively, all of those experiences, I think, have taught me from a business standpoint how do you spend smart? How do you make good investments? And I think we're at a stage in the city where we know what's happening with sales tax revenue. Mm-hmm. It's going down. So what do we do from being creative from a business standpoint? And There's probably nothing speaks greater to being creative about business and bringing in income than I'm going to go figure out how to make money off of dog poop, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to buy some buckets and a scoop. That's right? Exactly.
1: We got the buckets donated. So there's some smart spending there. They're <laughs> old daylight donuts buckets <laughs> initially. <laughs>
0: Did you paint over the Daylight Donuts? Or, we, uh, we
1: didn't have the money at the oh, okay, time, okay. so no, 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 that's, we didn't do quite that. That's The a story.
0: Um, the, uh, and you also have a uh, media marketing... Yeah, we
1: have a small... Um, we like to say boutique because yeah. we really like catering to a, a small group of clients. But our clientele is everything from local startups to regional businesses all the way up to we do work with uh, the Coca-Cola company down in Atlanta.
0: Oh, okay. So digital marketing, social media, that kind video, of
1: Video, yep, all, all of that, video.
0: yeah. Um, so... But give me something specific, Jolene. Don't don't give me platitudes and generalities. Tell me something that you know you want to change or do. Okay.
1: Let's talk then about what I see as the vision for around the Denny Sanford Premier Center. And I think the opportunity that we have to build that out into an entertainment district. And so if we're going to talk big dreams, big ideas, I think that's one that we put the event center there. And that's drawing people in. But what are we watching happen? You know, we've got thousands of people coming in for Garth Brooks. And what do they do when the concert's over? They hop right back on the interstate. And what goes with them? Their wallets. Mm -hmm. And so I think what we've got to do as a city is really continue to fulfill that, that promise and that opportunity when that building was built and the city made the decision to put it there to round that out. So we are going to need to build that into an entertainment district with restaurants with possibly some shopping. How do we also become smart with housing maybe in there
0: mm-hmm. with
1: mixed income? Because mm-hmm. we do have an affordable housing issue in this city. And, and there's a lot
0: of affordable housing over there.
1: And there is. And so how do we also be sure that we're not driving those houses mm-hmm.
0: out? Exactly. Because um, somebody could come in and buy a whole block and then
1: Yep. And so how do we not forget that? Yep. And it, it is a it's a balancing act, right? Um so that's if we're gonna talk big dreams specifics. That's what I would love to see. I would, I would love to be sitting down with you in, you know, four years or eight years and, and Patrick going, man, I remember when you said this is what you we were <laughs> going to do. And I said, yep. And we did it.
0: Um, there, of course, are many, many issues that we need to talk about. Transportation, yep. poverty, uh, uh, just budget priorities. We're not, we don't have any time for that today. No, so we
1: need a couple hours. You're going to
0: have to come back. As, I would love to. And this is going to be a great conversation going forward. We've got a ways to go, mm-hmm. right? But we thank you very much for coming in today, and, you know, good luck.
1: Thank you. I'm excited, and I just thank you guys for letting me come in on a Friday.
0: No problem. <laughs> this is The Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. You keep